Welcome to the Waste of Webspace podcast, episode 16. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. Excellent. So we're on his way again. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone, the first podcast of 2018. Happy New Year to all. Uh, This episode is subtitled, Let's Not Drink Beer for a Month and Then Drink Loads in February. Exactly, yeah, because it's uh, dry January, isn't it? So this will have a bit of a dry January theme to it. Yep, dry sense of humour. Well, no sense of humour, but uh, we've got our dry January uh, beers out. I'm doing dry January myself. You do it. I don't think you're doing it, are you? No, I'm not doing dry January. I'm not. I'm not as daft as that. Okay. Um, I feel sorry for the people who have birthdays in January. Uh, well, I was. I, I say I'm doing dry January. I did actually uh, go to a wedding on Friday and broke my dry January. I abstained from abstaining for um, for, for the afternoon. Why? Uh, just to just to join in. I thought it'd be a bit rude <laughs> if at a drinks reception I said I wasn't drinking. Pretty much. Yeah. Wedding pressure. Yeah, it was. It was a very good day, so I thought I would do that. Um, but, but I do feel sorry for people with um, birthdays in January because, you know, not only is it straight after Christmas and people aren't particularly fussed about doing anything fun or going out and partying and all that kind of thing, now there's also dry January these days, which means nobody even wants to have a drink on your birthday. Uh, well, it's your wife's birthday in January, isn't it? So I think it's... you might have to uh, <laughs> explain that uh, later on. It's on the 30th of January, so it's, it's just hanging on in there at the end of the yep. month. Uh, but uh, well, we thought we'd uh, run through what's uh, happened since the last podcast. We've been mentioned by the Sheffield Podcast website, haven't we? Not just mentioned, we're on the Sheffield Podcast's actual website. Yeah, we've, th- there's an alphabetical list, isn't there, of all the sh- podcasters in Sheffield, at which point it becomes quite a bad idea to call the podcast Waste of Web Space, which would be right at the bottom, pretty much. <laughs> Maybe if we could have changed it to A Waste of Web Space, then yeah. we'd be up on the top billing. But uh, thank you very much for uh, for the listing. Um, yeah, we hope we're doing the Sheffield podcasting crew uh, very proud with our output. And, and there's a few new podcasts about as well. There's the old Hopcast, uh, who drink beers on their podcast. Yep, something we also do. Um, <laughs> Although um, we don't claim to be very expert with it, and we also limit ourselves to how much beer we have, particularly yeah. in dry January for you. Exactly, I yes. don't know what they'd say about dry January. I don't know. Well, I don't know how much if they want to try and challenge us. I mean, we've also got beers on our desk, and our beers are bigger than your beers, and our beers work. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, and this that's referring to Donald Trump's recent um, button envy. Yeah. Um, sort of thing that he was going on on Twitter where he was sort of talking about um, Kim Jong-un's button, weren't he? They were having a bit of a... It was, it whose was. Whose button's bigger than whose? We will, uh, we will get to that later on, but uh, do you think we should try and open the beers, perhaps? We, we should do. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll be telling you exactly what is going to be going on um, over the course of this episode. First of all, Fisher, you brought the beers this time, and I can see that you've brought um, a non-alcoholic beer. Now, I'm not doing dry January. I feel like I'm missing out here. You know, it was your round, and you've got me a non-alcoholic one. Well, I am doing dry January, so I thought I thought I would be inclusive. Um, I have got some Budweiser Prohibition Brew, which is alcohol-free. Um, interesting, the fact that uh, Prohibition was something that was enacted in the 1920s in America, wasn't it? Um, and it banned al- alcohol. Um, which resulted in people going to what were called speakeasies uh, to illegally drink, um, which is all very good, but I don't really see why they've called the illegal beer um, prohibition, bear in mind, <laughs> it's not alcoholic. It's so. probably to make it more cool because it tastes foul. I'm really sorry, um, Budweiser. <laughs> it, it <doesn't laughs> it's a bit like licorice. Um, 
Let's have a taste of it. This reminds me of what happened before Christmas, actually. Um, I went to my work's Christmas party. Uh, I'll not name the venue where it happened, um, but I was a bit disappointed, a bit annoyed. I went to the... Uh, they, had, they had, like, a bottle bar, and there wasn't a great choice of, of beers, to be fair, and I ended up with a Peroni. And uh, I know I was drinking my Peroni. I was like, this doesn't taste right. This does not taste right at all. And I looked at the label, and they'd only served me a gluten-free one. Oh. I took it back because, you know, I'd paid for gluten. I wanted gluten. Um, it, it didn't. T- it wasn't. It wasn't to my liking. But it's good that they make gluten-free beers for those that need it. It is. Yes. Although I suppose if you're well, I thought that said it is a wheat beer, isn't it? So there are there are. I'm sure the wheat-free beers anyway. Wouldn't you have thought? Because wheat beer is sort of a, a type of beer. I mean, if if you want to actually listen to proper beer stuff, I recommend listening to a beer podcast. Um, obviously, we've got the Budweiser uh, <laughs> alcohol-free. It is absolutely disgusting. I think we'd probably we'd probably rather drink orange squash, which we might do next time. Do we, are we gonna Are we gonna tag Budweiser in uh, on Twitter to say uh, we drank their beer? Um, it's up to them if they want to listen and find out what they thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in in the last one, we did uh, tag Sam Smith Brewery who uh, didn't seem to want to interact with us whatsoever, um, which, you know, you're missing out because that means we're not going to um, review your beers again. Instead, we're going to drink this terrible Budweiser. And I also tagged uh, Sam Smith, the singer, as well. Uh, no interaction from any either. Um, Sam Smith, who actually... Do you know what his album was called, his first album? In the Lonely Hour. You know, no wonder he's lonely. You get people like us trying to interact with him, trying to contact him, and what does he do? Sticks two fingers up at us, doesn't he? He's and not I bet, bothered. And I bet his beer's disgusting as well. It is. If he makes beer. Yes, well, coming up anyway on the show, we've got uh, Apology of the Week. Uh, we've got a new section of the show called uh, Joke We Should Have Got In Last Time. Uh, there's the In The New section. Uh, we're going to be talking a bit about Dry January, and Jimbo will be doing the irregular feature this week. <laughs> So we're on to Apology of the Week, which introduces our new feature, doesn't it? It does, and we think this feature might be as rubbish as the rest of the podcast. Um, so we've got this new idea, which because we don't really do much in the way of planning for these podcasts, um, as I'm sure you can tell. Um, so we sometimes, yeah, it's just interaction between the two of us on the fly, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, I always listen to podcasts back afterwards. When I was listening to it the next day, I thought, actually, it won't be a good appropriate time to have made this joke. And can I, I just say, do you remember the time we, we listened to it back in the car with each other? Uh, yes, and we, we chortled all the way home. I, I was sat there going, what did you say, sorry? What did you say? And, oh, no, it's the, it's the, it's the uh, podcast, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to actually play a sound clip of yester- of last week's show. Okay, when I, when I find it, here we go. So this is last week's show, and it was part of the new year. It was, it was a review of the 2017 quiz, weren't it? And it was a question about a woman from China. Yep, it was. A China Airways flight was delayed after an old woman did what? She threw some coins into a jet engine for good luck, or shortly before takeoff, she wanted to go for a toilet, but opened the emergency exit and walked across the wing. So just around everyone what the answer was to that question. Uh, the answer was that she threw some coins into the engine for good luck. And I think it would have been hilarious at the time to have made the joke that if only Monarch Airways could have encouraged people to do that, they might not have gone bust. And there you go. And that is our new feature... <laughs> Uh, new feature it might not appear every week because we might get all the amazingly good jokes we can possibly ever make into the podcast out on the show uh, but if not we'll uh, try and jump back and do a, another one okay choo choo we're going to talk trains. We are going to talk trains. Uh, in the news at the moment, we've got the cost of train fares has risen by 3.4%. And do you know what the Transport Minister did on the day of the price increase? He, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I'll give you a clue. He travelled somewhere. Okay, on the train? No. Right. Oh, okay, fair enough. Right. He travelled on a plane to Qatar. All oh, right, fair enough. 
that well-known place that's affected by our transportation policy. <laughs> um, he, he went to Qatar on a plane uh, and was talking about international trade and development, which isn't really his job. Um, it's been, it, you would have thought he maybe might want to stay in the country and meet some angry commuters. I'm not really sure why we want to do that, actually. Um, so the Shadow Transport Secretary, you know what he did on the day? He went to protest about the rail fares going up. Right, OK, fair enough, yeah. So That's... he decided to protest by going from um, London to Leeds. OK. And you know what happened? Um, did he not have to pay or something daft? He did have to pay. He probably had to pay an extortionate amount. It was 3.4% <laughs> more than he would have paid if he'd have gone a few days earlier. Um, his train broke down. All oh, right, <laughs> fair enough. His so... train broke down and he got stuck on there for five hours, apparently. <laughs> which which might have been a good thing, you know, to, to sort of say, yeah, I, I was going to protest. I can't even go and protest because the train's not got me there. This train that I'm playing, yep. three point whatever more to, to get be, on. To be fair, he probably got a full refund on his fare, so... It- didn't make that much difference in the other thought. Did he get a seat on the train? Uh, I don't know. I don't know whether Jeremy Corbyn sat on the floor <laughs> and uh, recorded a video. What he did actually in terms of recording a video was um, use Virgin East Coast Wi-Fi to do a video call to the BBC News. Would you, have you ever used the Wi-Fi on a train recently? Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible, yes. So it meant that the um, the picture and the signal it was getting from his video call was that bad <laughs> that basically the outline of his face looked like a potato on the news that was talking. <laughs> a talking potato? Pretty much, yes, which was all uh, all fairly uh, embarrassing. That's really. worth the rail increase. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there is some benefit to it if it brings us <laughs> such entertainment as that. Um, don't, don't improve your Wi-Fi. It was great entertainment. Exactly. That's that's the best thing you can possibly think of. Um, also, in terms of politics, we had a Sinn Féin politician. If you saw, uh, he put a loaf of bread on his head. So, one politician decided to look like a potato. One decided to put a loaf of bread on his head. So, we're, we're kind of working his way up to a chip butter. Yes, we're, we're a going politician through... politician chip butter. The, the carbohydrates of politicians <laughs> are the working through in there. So, why did he put a, a loaf of bread on his head? Uh, well, he's a Sinn Féin politician and uh, there was a massacre in an island called the Kingsmill Massacre. Um, that just so happened to take place on the same day this politician put a loaf of Kingsmill on his head. Ah, right, okay. Which is not a very... Well, he claimed it was by accident. You know, we were saying a couple of episodes ago that um, politicians just shouldn't shouldn't have access to the internet. You shouldn't just, don't, should just shouldn't do it. The, don't the, do out it. of everybody, they're the people that seem to be causing the most bother with it. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing how far technology's come that now actually gets used by politicians to try and put messages out there. Um, but yeah, just... It's, it almost wants you to have a politician come and knocking on your door <laughs> instead of having to look at their drivel on uh, on social media. Uh, we also had, uh, talk about politicians, Anne Widdicombe is on Celebrity Big Brother. All right, okay. Uh, an all-female house. Is it? If you've seen that, yes. I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it, no. Um, yeah, there's the, because it's 100 years since women got the vote, they thought, what better way to celebrate that than putting eight women in... What better way to celebrate women's freedom than locking them up in a house? <laughs> um, is, is obviously what they thought. Um, and slowly but surely going to introduce men into the into the house. Right, OK. Um, the contestants thus far, I think, included Anne Widdicombe. Um, At least I know one of them, first of all. I think that's pretty much the only one I can think of. The person who played uh, Alma in Coronation Street, Amanda Barry, she was on there. OK. Um, a lot of other people I'd never heard of also made it onto there. I didn't even know it was still on, to be honest. Uh, th- Probably echo the thoughts of a lot of people who are listening. Yes, pretty much. Uh, we've got, we've got, we mentioned it earlier, button wars. Yeah, so Donald Trump um, basically showing off about the size of his button. Um, we, we've got big buttons, haven't we? Well, I've got big buttons. My button's bigger than yours. I've got all sorts of buttons. My, some of my buttons make all sorts of interesting noises. Um, any, any noise in particular? You want a dog bark? That's, uh, that's one of my buttons. I want a a shock type sound. A shock type sound. There you go. That's quite good. What about a clock? Uh, I do have a clock. There you go. It's a a big clock. Yeah. Um, 
Is your clock bigger than mine? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, button walls. So, uh, a, bit, a bit of showing off, basically, weren't it, from Donald Trump? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's that t- it's that kind of season where we're getting towards pantomimes, and I suspect they won't be bother- they won't be bothered about Cinderella because they don't like buttons, right? <laughs> but we we were asking, weren't we? About uh, we asked this on Twitter. What do you think Donald uh, Trump's button actually does? Because I'm not 100 percent sure that people, even the people around him who is his supporters, I'm not 100 percent sure that they would trust him with a nuclear button that could, um, or they say blow up the world or whatever it would it would do. So I I don't think. Um, they would trust him with the button. So what we did is we put a bit of a Twitter poll on there. Um, Donald Trump says he has a bigger and more powerful button on his desk than Kim Jong-un's button. But what do you think Donald Trump's button actually does? The options were, plays a nursery rhyme, releases confetti, deletes his Twitter, (laughs) or nothing, it's for display. Um, Deletes his Twitter would have been... uh, That's what they should do with it. Um, it would be good if they did that. Um, I think what would be good is if it uh, released a huge jet of air and that sort of like styled his hair back into the shape <laughs> that it's always in. Or just ejected him. <laughs> just ejected him out of his seat. Um, but the, the top hands are the top thing that people thought Donald Trump's button actually does is play a nursery rhyme. So maybe it helps him get off to sleep after a busy day tweeting. Um, well, you don't want that. You, hopefully, it'd be better if it did sort of give him an electric shock or something because then he'd be less inclined to press it. <laughs> so 39% of people thought uh, it, really, it plays a nursery rhyme. 17% saying it releases confetti, which would be quite a funny sight, yep. especially if he got really angry and thought, damn it, I'm hitting this button. And all it did was actually release confetti everywhere all over him. And, uh, and get, getting back to the subject of hair, if he did get confetti in his hair, think how long he'd take actually individually picking <laughs> the bits out. And 31% of people thought it was just for display, which it possibly is. In it fact, it might is. not even exist. Uh, well, it's never. He talks about his button working, but surely he's not actually pressed it to test it, has he? Because he'd launched a nuclear <laughs> war. I wonder if this button works. Oh yeah, well, I suppose I blew up Guam by accident in the process of doing it. But never mind, you know, it'll be all right. That's tr- that's true. I never thought of that. He's never actually tried it, so he can't claim that. So anyway, yes, uh, we'd also got um, one thing that I noticed over Christmas. Bit of TV for you. Uh, world's strongest man. And uh, that that was on, if you watched that at all. And also the darts was on. All I right, suppose yeah. that's nearest to sport that we get over Christmas. <laughs> uh, so yeah, world's strongest man and world's fattest man, I suppose, uh, is, are the two, uh, two tournaments there. But I was thinking, because um, I'd had a look at, uh, a few days ago about where the world's strongest man competition had taken place. And the first world's strongest man's competitions all took place at Universal Studios in Hollywood. Okay. But you must imagine that... Yeah, you think sometimes think some of these uh, wives of world's strongest men comp- uh, competitors probably don't get a, a great deal of in, in life. You know, the man to probably man who is exceptionally fat or whatever who's you know spends all his time lifting up heavy objects. That's all right. Going to world's strongest man competition in uh, in Universal Studios Hollywood. That's really good. Do you know where this year's was? Go on, Botswana, <laughs> which I'm sure is a lovely place, but I'm not sure it kind of quite puts the same uh, sort of emphasis on going to a, a lovely place there. But is it discriminatory in this day and age? Um, you know, world's strongest man. Should we have world's strongest woman as well? Is, is it, uh, there might be a world's strongest woman. There might sure. be a world's strongest woman. But what about a world's weakest man? That that Could would we do be, that. That would be interesting. Be interesting, yeah. A few politicians probably on yeah. that. Right? Can you lift up a drinking straw? Okay, <laughs> you're going to be able to do it. But what's the point of world's strongest man though? Oh, I tell you what. I've always wanted someone to flip my car over three times and then run along carrying a massive anchor. I wonder who's best at doing that. And on to the cabinet reshuffle. Cabinet reshuffle. Oh no, no! Before that, we've got an, before the before the reshuffle, we had the incident over Christmas didn't we, with the NHS running out of beds. Uh, we did. There was an incident. The NHS ran out of beds, and it is sort of at its worst point. So they claim worst point in uh, the seventy years it's been running. Thing is, at this time of year, um, you know, January sales. Benson's for beds has a sale on. 
It does. Like like I mentioned about DFS having a sale on last episode, Benson's for beds also does. You could you could buy more beds. I'm sure they actually start off with quite a lot of money. I suppose yeah. I suppose you've got to actually put put money into it. But uh, you know they they promised that before, haven't they? Yeah, and uh, and Jeremy. It's not like they have it written on the side of buses. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, indeed. I don't know what you're saying, Jimbo. But uh, the NHS ran out of beds. Jeremy Hunt, the health secretary. Um, went for the cabinet reshuffle the other day and apparently was asked to move across to the business secretary uh, but managed to convince Theresa May to let him continue as health secretary and also take on responsibility for social care as well. Uh, she then also invited an arsonist into uh, the parliament reshuffle and gave him a can of petrol and some matches. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's a very very odd way of doing things. But maybe we should also think about reshuffling our cabinet. Yeah, well, the, the one over here in the corner, um, I need that shift into the other side of the room if that's okay. Yeah, that's good. We could just get one of the world's uh, strongest men to come and help us, I suppose. Right, well, that's that reshuffle. Actually, to reshuffle something, you have to actually shuffle it first. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I've, I've never heard that phrase. Oh, it's the first one, Theresa May, she's going to do the cabinet shuffle. Is it like when you shuffle a deck of cards and somebody's not done it properly? It's just the same thing <laughs> so as there. Just... And that's exactly what's happened with Jeremy Hunt. It seems it's to been, be, yeah. Oh, it's still in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, well, actually, one thing, actually, talking about politics and reshuffles and whatever, I didn't, did notice Toby Young uh, had been given a job um, working for a university's, um, an, over- an oversight body for universities, and he was given the role, and a lot of people complained saying his views weren't very popular, and he's now stepped away from that role and said that he doesn't want to cause controversy and doesn't want to be a focal point for that uh, that governing body. But yeah, I don't know exactly what views Toby Young does have, uh, but I did notice that shortly after the news came out, he went and deleted 40,000 tweets, which I think is quite a lot to delete, you know, just on the off chance they might be offensive to people. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? If, have you ever been speed dating or anything like that? Uh, it's way too quick for me. Yeah. I need um, a lot more time to, uh, to to infect people with my amazing personality. Yeah. Just get them to listen to the podcast. <laughs> like, imagine if you sat down next to someone and said, so tell me a bit about yourself, and you start talking. They said, oh, are you on uh, Facebook at all? And he said, yeah, you used to be on Facebook, but I deleted my account before I came to meet you today. <laughs> but, uh, but there we go. Um, but obviously, on to the theme for this uh, this episode, and that is Dry January. Yeah, Dry January. What can you tell us about Dry January? Uh, apparently, it's in its fifth year. Uh, the beer that you drink on it is bloody horrible by the looks of it. Yeah, definitely. I can uh, vouch for that. Although I'm, I seem to remember people doing it before, but I think it just didn't have an official name. And you've been doing it for the last three years, is that right? I've been doing it for the last three years, yes. So basically, you just get to the end of January and then Go top up. bonkers, yeah. <laughs> it is fantastic. I'm trying to top up before uh, during <laughs> Christmas as well. I don't know, it's just something that I do just to... Just to do it, you can't even you can't even say February because you're that you're that pissed. You can't <laughs> say it. It's one of the hardest months to say as it is. Exactly, it's it's a good job that there's only 28 days in February because yeah. the amount I have to drink. <laughs> um, but I, I thought I'd get a couple of stats about it as well. I had a look on uh, Dry January's website, which is run by a group I think called Alcohol Concern. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, 62% of people sleep better. Not if you uh, need, a, need a bed in the NHS hospitals. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're sleeping on the floor in a corridor, <laughs> then, yeah, slightly different, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure what the, happened to the other 38%, perhaps, who just uh, that pissed and drank that much that they passed out for about 10 <laughs> hours previously, so that meant they got a better night's sleep than when they weren't drinking. Um, 49% of people lost weight. Okay, yeah, I can, um, I can see... I can see that why that's the case, yeah. Um, 
Although to be fair, forty nine percent of people sorry, forty nine percent of people is less than half. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure whether they should be showing off that less than half. That, that sort of suggests that fifty one percent of people either gained weight or didn't lose anything. Right, okay. So I'm not sure kind of how good a stat that is really. And seventy nine percent of people saved money during dry January. Um Although quite what happens with the twenty one percent, whether they what end up they, spending what they, more. What were they buying in re- in replacement? Just like you know, what I mean, well, I suppose non alcoholic beer is quite expensive, isn't it? Uh, I think it was three pound for four cans, which is probably worth three quid. I think I've ever spent. But <laughs> um, well, how, how can you not save money on it? Surely, if you don't go and drink, all you're going to do is sort of like not spend that money, unless they get the drinks for free. I don't know. Possibly, might be spending more on petrol, being the uh, designated driver. Oh, could be. Yes, good point. Uh, I also read a, a, a... Not drinking petrol, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> not, not replacing the uh, alcohol with petrol. If you do drink petrol, I really hope to God you don't smoke as well. <laughs> um, I, I also read a very strange article... As long as it's petrol and not diesel. Diesel's uh, not, not so good for the environment, apparently, anymore. Yeah. Um, I've read a very unusual article in the Telegraph as well, saying that one of the things that people have to experience during dry January... Do you know what it is? Go on. Um, having sex with each other for the first time sober. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, which gives a very interesting insight into certain people's relationships, no doubt. Yeah, it might be a shock for some people. I suppose so, yes. Um, who, who is this woman? <laughs> I've never, ever seen her before. <laughs> well, I, I suppose it gives a slight new meaning to the phrase dry January, obviously, but uh, there we go. Um, I think we're going to move on, are we going to move on to the regular, irregular feature? We are going to move on to the regular, irregular feature. So, uh, for the regular, irregular feature, I have done, um, for dry January, a teetotalizer. A teetotalizer. Do you want to, can you sort of work out what that might be? Or uh, I presume it's some kind of chart that states either how much people, well, <laughs> if it's teetotal, then it'll be how much people don't drink. I don't know, can you really you're, in quant- the right, you're in the right area. Can you really quantify how much people don't drink? Well, I, I did a bit of research to find out which celebrities uh, do dry January, and I started to look into that, and uh, to be honest, that was quite difficult to find. So Me. Then I decided to have a look at which celebrities actually don't drink or decided not to drink at all. Uh, so might have maybe changed the ways and decided not to bother at all. Now. Okay. And there's, there's quite a few, actually. You'd be quite surprised. Um, that might be because they're doing other things that, you know... But anyway, I'm only joking. So... I don't know where you want to start. Do you want to do like, um, do you want to just read some names out and you have a guess where where on the chart they might be? So we're we talking about people who've been not drinking for the longest, and that is that kind of like ranking. Yeah, we're gonna. Okay. Yeah, so so we'll have the the bottom and might be somebody who's recently stopped uh, okay. drinking alcohol, and at the top it will be someone who's um, obviously not drank it ever or for a long time. Okay. Okay. So I need to be sort of guessing roughly how long people have not drunk for. That's correct, yeah. Okay. So we'll start then with, um, I don't know how easy you'll find this one, but we'll start with Paul Gascoigne, Gaza, England legend. Okay. Um, well, Gaza has a, a history of going into rehab, I believe, doesn't he? Um, I'd suspect he was still drinking in sort of about 2010, which is when he turned up at the scene of a police crime where they were trying to arrest Raoul Moat with a fishing rod and some cans of lager and offered to talk to him on the police's behalf, if you remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, I suspect he was still drinking then. So I would say he maybe gave up drinking a few years later, so I'd say he's been dry for five years. Okay, so should we have a look on the teetotalizer? Here we yeah. go. 
So Gaza is right at the bottom of our teetotalizer because, um, well, this is an interesting thing because I saw I saw recently I looked at he tweeted very recently in the last few days to say Gaza is back. Um, the picture that um, of Gaza though, it looks fairly healthy on it. In all fairness, but it does look like he's in the Weatherspoons. There's no <laughs> there's no beer there, uh, but it does look like a, a typical sort of Weatherspoons pub. I think you can see some sort of cutlery plates and things like that in the background. Um, but when I looked into it, Gaza um, apparently in January. Uh, this this year, I believe, has just gone into... Uh, he's kind of on a new sort of thing to try and keep himself clean. Um, I think he's maybe... He's at the bottom of the Tito slides because it's, it's literally the past few months he's sort of made a new statement to say, yeah, going to renew me sort of thing. But he's been working on it, to be fair. He's he's, he's had a, you know... He's, he's, he's had a very difficult battle with it, hasn't he? So, unfortunately, he's at the bottom of our Tito slides. But if we did this again next year, hopefully... Mm. It's, still, it's, it's still be at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, going if, to rehab for if the rest of the celebrities keep it up, unfortunately, he would still yeah. be at the bottom. But if we added new ones, maybe not. Uh, anyway, so the next one then, uh, I'm going to go this time with Eminem. Um, we're talking about the uh, the wrapper, not the sweets. Not the sweets. Okay. Not the sweets on the advert. It's a good job he's not got a nut allergy, obviously. Um, <laughs> I would say Eminem, he probably stopped drinking around the time he released Could the Real Slim Shady Please Stand Up? Because he was that pissed he kept falling over. Is that right? Well, um, you did say that um, people, some 49% of people lose weight, so it maybe is Slim Shady after all could. now. Yeah. Um, but let's have a look at the teetotalise. How many years did you say? Uh, I think probably about 15. Okay, it's 10 years. He actually had an album. Uh, he had a couple of albums around sort of 2009, sort of time, maybe 2011. Um, and it, the one was called Relapse and one was called uh, Recovery, I think, or something like oh, right, that. Okay. Uh, something like that, anyway. So, and, and that was based on his battle with, with drink and drugs and all that kind of thing. But yeah, he's been sober for 10 years. Uh, he's been appearing at Glastonbury and everything these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he even made sort of claims about doing gigs sober was a, a different experience to what he experienced earlier on in his career. Um, next one, then. We'll go this time with Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Um, he, Eric Clapton. Well, I didn't realise he was teetotal, Eric Clapton. Um, does he just prefer to drink tea um, and he likes cream in that? Obviously, by cream, I don't mean the band that he used to be in <laughs> with uh, Ginger Baker and um, Jack Bruce. I don't know. Um, I would say, he's, I think he probably had a ridiculously large amount of drink and possibly other things during the sort of 60s and 70s. So I say he might have had to give up about 20 years ago. Okay, let's have a look on the teetotalizer. Eric Clapton, Fisher says 20 years. Let's have a look. Maybe even 30 years. Yeah, you changed your answer there right at the end. 30 years. So oh, right. <laughs> apparently uh, when he uh, wrote the song You Look Wonderful Tonight, he was uh, he was drunk and had the beer goggles on. So, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, next one then. Uh, I'm going to put a, a couple of people head-to-head against each other here in, in a moment. But first of all, I'm going to go with someone that we don't like to mention on the podcast. Donald Trump. Oh, God. Can you imagine what his Twitter feed would be like if he was actually pissed? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how unintelligent it would be. Uh, I, I'm, I've seen that he drinks... 12 pints of Diet Coke, or it might be actually, it might be regular Coke actually, uh, every day apparently, so instead of actually drinking alcohol. And I'd sus- Donald Trump gives the impression to me of someone who is ridiculously set in the ways, isn't he? So I would say he probably has been dry. I think he may have never drunk at all. Are you sure? I, I would say for sort of 80 years then. Let's he's... have a look at the teetotalizer. You are correct. Donald Trump, uh, he claims to have never had a drink. There have... uh, hang, hang on, if he claims to have never had a drink, that doesn't necessarily mean that true, does it? That, that have, And if he did drink, you know, he's got to be careful whereabouts he puts his drink on the table, hasn't he? You know, with his big button, he doesn't want to make a mistake. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, he's never had a drink, he claims. Um, and yeah, you, you are right, you will see him drinking lots of Coca-Cola. Um, he has had, he has been spotted drinking Coca-Cola at wine glasses, which some people think, <laughs> some people have then questioned, is that wine, is it Coca-Cola? But apparently he claims that he's never had a drink. He's, and like you say, he's quite set in his ways, apparently. So, Do you think he, he claims he can turn water into wine, but he's that incompetent, that much of a moron, he turns it into Coke? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next then, uh, I'm gonna, I said I was going to put a couple of people up again, head-to-head head, head against each other. So this is the head-to-head head round now of the teetotalizer. Uh, Jack Osborne and Kelly Osborne, brother and sister. All right, okay. Um, well, Jack and Kelly Osborne, they're the son and daughter of Ozzy Osborne. And Ozzy Osborne was born in Birmingham, uh, I think in the 1950s, and was a former member of the band Black Sabbath. So, Ozzy, if you're listening, that's who you are. Um... Obviously, Ozzy was well known for having a bit of a, a bit of a drink problem, I believe. Um, I think I would say that Kelly probably gave up first because okay. I think Jack had some. No, actually, I think Jack probably gave up first because I think Jack had some problems when he was about thirteen or fourteen, didn't he? Okay. Um, and then gave up at a, at a ridiculously young age, like gave up drinking at the age of about fifteen. Um, and <laughs> Which then, is an odd age to say. Yeah, at yeah. the age of fifteen, I gave up. Okay, you probably shouldn't have been in the first place, especially over in America. It's twenty-one, isn't it? So. Uh, yes. So th- I think he was probably given up for about cause they're both early thirties, I think, aren't they? The Osbournes probably. Mm-hmm. So I would say Jack Osborne might have been dry for maybe even twenty years. Okay. What and, about Kelly? And Kelly Osborne, say maybe five years. Okay. Five, ten years. Let's take a look on the teetotalizer. Okay, so you were right. Jack Osborne, 15 years sober. And then you've got Kelly Osborne, 8 years. All right, okay, so... And I believe Ozzy Osborne's uh, even trying to do the same thing. I think he's... Try, I'm not, not exactly sure where he comes on our T-Turtalizer. Uh, I've not chosen him, but I think he's he's been he's been trying to do the same, basically. Health reasons and all that. Um, a couple more, then. Uh, so what about, then, Ben Affleck? He's the new Batman, isn't he? He's been the Batman in the latest... <laughs> Versions of Batman. He is a new Batman. Um, I don't know much about his um, acting career and all. I'm not very good on films. Um, I'll give you a clue. He's somewhere between Gaza and Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Sometime between 80 years and about five minutes. Um, (laughs) I I don't know. Um, He has has been in the news a little bit because he groped someone on live TV, didn't he? If you remember, um, about 15 years ago. That was in Hollywood. Um, what, sorry? That goes on in Hollywood. It, apparently, apparently it does, yes. It does <laughs> go on in Hollywood. Um, and he apologised for it. But I wonder whether he was drunk at the time. And that was oh, about 15 okay. years ago. Um, he has been in some films. Shakespeare in Love. Who knows? Uh, was that one of his films? <laughs> Good Swill Hunting. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll say 15 years. Okay, let's have a look. Actually, no, it's only... About a year, because he oh, right. uh, he checked into rehab last year because he had some uh, issues with his marriage. I think he had a divorce, all that, and uh, yeah, he checked into rehab. Uh, so he's, he's la- last year. Uh, there's just two more to go. Then two more I'm going to do. Uh, what about uh, what about Russell Brand? Russell Brand. Um... And we're asking here how long has he been off uh, alcohol and not sex because that's his other addiction. <laughs> Oh, it isn't incredible. These poor people have sex addictions, um, but they they go and seek help for it. Um, but his alcohol addiction, uh, he I know that Russell Brand turned up the day after nine eleven, um, dressed as Osama bin Laden, I think. So that was in two, and I'm assuming he was drinking then, and was probably convinced to give up fairly shortly afterwards. Um, so I would say two thousand and two, which would be sixteen years ago. Uh, let's have a look on the teetotalizer. <laughs> 
15 years ago, so more or less the same sort of thing as uh, Jack Osborne around the 15-year mark. Uh, I'm going to... I'll finish with uh, two... I've got two more, sorry. Two... No, I've got one more. We're going to go one more. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. Um, Again, I don't know a huge amount about her career. I know she went off the rails probably about 10 years ago. Um, I think she might have been drunk in her first film role, which I think was in The Parent Trap. Where she played identical twin sisters, which you've seen have... double. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I think you might have been drunk. <laughs> Could have been, but I think I think I might have tipped her over the edge. So I'm going to say I'm going to say 20 years. No, 20... no, no, it can't be 20 years. 20 can years it? sober. No, that can't be right, can it? Uh, probably 20 years was the length of one of the drinking sessions she did. It can only <laughs> it can only be five years, surely. Okay, let's have a look. Just around the sort of two and a half year mark, really, Lindsay Lohan. So she, but she's doing well. She's doing well. Uh, she's uh, doing new things and all that kind of thing. So she's uh, appearing in theatre and all, all sorts of different things. So she's, what, she's, she's doing selling ice creams. Uh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, not alcohol. They're not putting her on that. So anyway, there you go. That was a teetotalizer. So actually, going on from um, going on from talking about rail fares, I did a very very short quiz in terms of the cost of rail tickets. If you want to run through that, Jim. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's, it's not it's not going to take very long. This one. Um, so the shadow transport minister went from London to Leeds. Do you know how much an open return from London to Leeds costs standard fare? An open return. And I'll give you standard fare. Um, well, I know, but I I booked a train ticket for for through work the other day. Uh, to London, and I believe it was a, and it was an, it was an, I think it was an open return as well. This just before Christmas, and it was from Sheffield to to um, to London. So I'm thinking, and it was about 170, I think. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go 185. Okay. Uh, I was gonna say I'll give you 20 quid either way. By the way, <laughs> um, it's 254 pounds. Oh my god, this is quite a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, and then we'll go for an open return. Standard fare again, so we're not we're not we're not going to have a go at first class tickets or anything like that. Open return, London to Edinburgh. So that's that's even, well, I'm 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 gonna have to go dou- double that. Can we say four hundred? Four hundred. Um, it's three hundred eleven pounds. Right. Okay. Which I, I think it's quite quite expensive, really. Again, yeah. you can probably fly for a lot less than that, and it'd be significantly quicker. Yeah. But uh, but there we go. And uh, finally, the longest journey you can do in the UK on a single train. Uh, do you want me to is... guess the longest journey? No, no, just the price of it. All right, okay, fair um, enough. Well, you can try and guess which one it is <laughs> on, the, on the cross-country line. I thought this was going to be a task where you actually make me do the journey and then come back and tell you how much it cost <laughs> and how long it took. I'll speak to you in 16 hours. Um, it's uh, it's Plymouth to Edinburgh and open return. Do you know how much that costs? Um, Plymouth to Edinburgh, you say it's the longest journey. The, longest the last journey. one was 350, 311. 311. So I'm, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add another eighty quid onto it. Then I'm gonna say four hundred pound. Oh, it's close. Four hundred twenty-five pounds. Wow. And uh, if it was if it was to be a first class one, it'd be six hundred twenty-five. Right. <laughs> Which is um, just think what you could buy for that amount of money. <laughs> you get free game. Wi-Fi though in first class, don't you? Yeah. Uh, well, you do. Yeah. Uh, so you can look like a potato for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a bit of a quiz for you as well. This is just a bit more an observational thing. So um, I was out and about today, and um, I, I I saw a van as I was driving um, with a great business name and um it was a it was a dog grooming van um so dog grooming business is it called and i managed to get a photo of this van and it's on our twitter um 
site or Twitter account at Waste of Web Space if you want to have a look at that. Um, I was stationary at the time. I did turn the engine off at the traffic lights <laughs> before <laughs> yep. I took the picture. That's my disclaimer. Yep. Um, and then I had to turn my car back on again, start car, get a few peeps because I'd stopped. But anyway, never why, mind. Why didn't you say you had a passenger who took it for you instead? Because I didn't have a passenger. Okay, so of course, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're saying I could have covered myself? Yes. Never yeah. mind. Okay. So um, the, the business then, this dog grooming business, is called... Snip doggy dog. <laughs> so, Snip doggy dog, yeah. And I sent this to one of my favourite Twitter accounts, which is called, uh, it's Business Punny, or Punny Business, um, but the Twitter address is Business Punny. And this basically is a collection of um, really sort of um, funny, um, punny business ideas. So p- punny names, that pun, uh, puns on sort of names for certain yeah. businesses. So I thought, uh, remember you did the football quiz for me? I think it might have been in episode 11. Or I think it was for Halloween, wasn't it, with the um, uh, Manchester Creepy and... Um... So that was episode 10, that was our, our first episode back after four years, is that right? Uh, I can't remember, I know it was one at Halloween time anyway. I'm not sure if it was 10 or 11. Anyway, so yeah. so you did, and there were some pretty bad football pun names, weren't they? Um, yes, like Everton football team was called Everton, I seem to remember. So I thought, um, if I read you um, some business pun names out, real businesses mm-hmm. around the UK. Oh, well, I'm, I, I believe they are anyway because there's photographs of their cars, vans, shop fronts, all that kind of thing. Do you think you could name uh, or get what they are? What you know, you could what, tell me what what, what industry, in, what yeah. industry, they, yeah. what they actually do. So, first of all, then you've got only foals and horses. What do you think they do? O- only foals and horses. Foals and horses. Foals. Or is that sort of a horse breathing? Because a foal is a young horse, isn't it? Um, so, is it something to do with horses? Itself, yeah, like horse grooming or horse breeding. It, it's it or is an equine shop. It is a equine transportation. Oh right, okay. Okay, yeah. they get a bit more difficult and more fun as well. Uh, so back to the fuchsia. Um, <laughs> I can I can only assume that is a uh, plants seller or garden centre of some form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is a plant seller. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah. Uh, the next one then. This is a this is a bit of. I don't think it's really a pun. It's just a bit of a take off. Um, it's on Blackpool Seafront. Blackpool's famous. Ken and Terry's. <laughs> uh, well, I can only assume then this is an ice cream parlour. It is, yeah. Um, and, and a pun on there. They've used very similar branding and everything. It, it, it looks really odd. Um, there's there's some on there that aren't really business puns. It's just bad choices of names. Okay. Um, so there's a church centre. It doesn't say where this is, but it's called the Glory Hole. Um <laughs> There's... Hopefully it's not based next to a toilet or anything like that. <laughs> um, then um, there is uh, there is this one as well. So uh, the brick shirt house, the, right? Yes, okay, yeah. Do you know what they sell? Um, did, did they sell toilets? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, they don't. They sell shirts. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think it were? Uh, I couldn't begin to. Uh... <laughs> okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, Father threads. Um, is that a pun on Father Ted's? So it is. Does it sell jeans for Irish priests? No, tyres. No. Tire, oh, tyres for Irish there priests. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's just for Irish priests, yeah. but uh, anyway. Uh, then you've got um, Barbara Streisand. Um, well, I can only assume that's a, a hairdresser's, although I don't really see where the Streisand bit comes in, other than that she's got hair as well. It is, But yeah, yeah more the Barber pun, yeah. And then uh, I think I'll go with uh, two more. Um, this one is Much Ado About Muffins. Much to do about muffins. Um, well, obviously that must sell muffins, but I don't know whether that's sort of the flat bread cakes or whether it's the American style uh, muffins that are the large sort of uh, bun type things. So, is, have you any idea on that? It, it is. I think it's cakes, cakes and cupcakes yeah. and things like that. Austin flowers. Austin. 
Uh, he sells both self-raising and plain flowers, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Another baker. Uh, uh, no, it, a flower seller. Yeah, flower, another, another, another flower seller, yeah. Uh, and then a lot, another flower seller we've got here is Florist Gump. Flo- <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um, is there, have we actually got... Is there any good puns on here at all? This is the best one. Okay. okay. So um, this is somebody who... Um, I'll, I'll do it the other way around this time. So this person, um, their business is doing carpet and upholstery cleaning. Right. So they clean carpets. So is it to do with shampooing carpets? It, so, yeah. So the, the, what do you think their business name could be? And I'll give you some clues, okay? We're talking a singer. Okay. We're talking a singer who sings songs such as uh, Born in the USA... Right, Born okay, to run. right, okay. So it's going to be dancing, dancing uh, in the dancing in, in the dark. In the yeah. dark. Uh, is it going to be Bruce Sprinkling? Not far off. Even uh, better than that, Spruce Sprinkling. Spruce Sprinkling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was just a general observation. But I have uh, tagged them on Twitter if you want to have a look at that. It's uh, Business Punny, and you'll be able to see uh, loads of their pictures. Really interesting, just to go through them. Uh, anyway, that is. A, we just need to update our social media stuff, don't we? So. We do. We have we have done a couple of polls on social media. Um, which includes, uh, we mentioned on the last podcast about the New Year's honours, didn't we? We did, yeah. And we'd mentioned and we're not Clegg. on there. We, we have been overlooked yet again. We're now Bruce Forsyth Fields now, after his uh, disappointment missing out on Knighthood for a number Spru- of reasons. Is that Spruce Forsyth? Spruce Forsyth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, someone used to clean that uh, bald patch on his head <laughs> and put a wig on it every time. Um, so we'd mentioned which of the Strictly Come Dancing judges was best appropriate to be made a dame. Was it Darcy Bustle? Was it that one who replaced Len, who I think is called Shirley Ballas? Was it Craig Revel Horwood or was it Bruno Tony only? And 54% of people did believe that Darcy Bustle was the most appropriate um, to be made a dame. Uh, Craig Revel Horwood, 20%. Bruno. Well, she has been then. Uh, fortunately, yes, she has been made a dame, which is very good. <laughs> uh, which I don't, I don't think has anything to do with the poll. Uh, but she has been made a dame for services to, presumably services to dancing and ballet as opposed to just being on strict club dancing. Um, so unsurprisingly overlooked so far, Claudia Winkleman and... Um, and Tess Daly. Uh, there are a few comments on that. One person said that, that Craig Greville Horwood is already a dame, which was kind of the joke we were going for, really, wasn't it, I think? <laughs> well, so thanks for pointing that one out. Um, I'm not sure if the person will also tell us where bears go to the toilet. Um, and also the New Year's firework display. Um, both, both these polls have had really strong results, by the way, and actually had quite a lot of people voting them, which is good. Um, we said, what do you think the message is behind London's sensational New York uh, New Year's Eve firework display? Is it that UK is strong? The UK is vibrant, the UK is colourful, or was it FU austerity? I think it was probably the UK has a lot of money for fireworks, but nothing else. Uh, yes, yeah. I think I'd be a bit annoyed if I was in hospital at the time and sort yeah, of no bed, on TV. But, but yeah. at least you can see some pretty good fly- fireworks while you're laid on the floor looking yeah. out the window. Uh, and the, the, the runaway winner was the UK strong with 59%, although the... Um, the putting your middle finger up to austerity that got twenty six percent as well. So obviously the people did, did did think that as well. Uh, but it was a very good firework display if you saw it. Excellent. Well, yeah, I did see it. Um, fortunately, not from the uh, floor of an NHS hospital. Yeah. Um, but I did see it on the telly. Yeah. Right. Very good. So uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for. Okay. Anything else we need to wrap up with? Uh, not that I can think of. Obviously, we have got a Twitter account, which is Waste of Web Space. And uh, we've got our website, which we never update, which is uh, wasteofwebspace.co.uk. And our Facebook as well. Our Facebook. We're on all the uh, sort of popular podcasting sites. Uh, we're on iTunes, Overcast FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. You'll find us all on them. There's even, I think there was a Pocket Podcast I saw the other day. We're on that one as well. I didn't even know we're on that okay. one. We've got our RSS feed, which does stuff and pulls it out into place that we've never heard of, which is great. If you know how to sort that out. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but um, we also like, please write a review, tell us what you think. Uh, we'll, we'll even mention you, even if it's a really bad one, we'll read it out because it makes it uh, entertaining listening. Yeah, it does indeed. Reading out bad reviews. Yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you in a few weeks' time. We're going to be changing the next date of the next podcast, I think, and we're possibly going to be podcasting slightly more regularly. So instead of doing it occasionally every two weeks, we're going to be doing it a bit more soon. So that's great news for you. So we're going to do it in the next five minutes? Not quite. See you next week. Thank you.